The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. You know, we're often told that Democrats and Republicans can't work together. But over the past two years, we've proved the cynics and naysayers wrong. We're building an economy where no one's left behind. Jobs are coming back. Pride is coming back. A lot of you at home agree with me and many people that you know the tax system is not fair. It is not fair. Some Republicans want Medicare and Social Security to sunset. I'm not saying it's a majority. Let me give you, anybody who doubts it, contact my office. I'll give you a copy. I'll give you a copy of the proposal. But what happened to Tyree in Memphis happens too often. We have to do better. Give law enforcement the real training they need. Hold them to higher standards. Help them succeed in keeping us safe. Ban assault weapons now. Ban them now. Once and for all. Through the United States of America. And there's nothing, nothing beyond our capacity if we do it together. Well, that's uh, Joe Biden, President Joe Biden, in bullish form during his State of the Union address last night. He was eager to point out the inroads that he made during his time in office, was not afraid to touch on topics like gun control and police brutality. But as you heard, he was jeered and heckled by Republicans at various points during his address. Now, to find out about reaction in the United States to that address, I'm joined now by Terry Sheridan, Managing Editor of WSHU Public Radio. Terry, good morning. Hey, good morning to you, Pat. Now, I was reading a piece, an essay on CNN before the address, and it goes as follows. If President Joe Biden were truly honest in his annual televised address, he might have said something like this. The state of our union is divided politically, culturally and between the uber rich and everyone else. It's worried about a possible recession, self estranged over guns and slipping deeper into confrontation with two nuclear superpowers. And it really doesn't want to see another election contest between myself and Donald Trump. But of course, the theatrics of the State of Union address and his own political requirements mean that Biden uh, won't be actually saying that. Uh, That's more or less uh, summarising that. But he did kind of say a lot of that. He did. I mean, uh, I mean, the state of the union was meant it's a constitutional requirement that the president reports to Congress every year on the state of the union. So, yes, he did get across some of his pride, you know, some of what he thought was his accomplishments, some of what he thinks are his priorities. But you could look at it in two ways. One was he was laying out the roadmap for his still possible run for president in 2024 and also trying to, you know, calm those in the Democratic Party that don't think he has it. On the other or the another track is that he was challenging Republicans on the budget and on the debt ceiling and basically got them to say when you heard all those boos and lies and everything when they were shouting at him that they wouldn't touch Social Security or Medicare in order to uh, compromise on the debt ceiling. So uh, the the form he was in, I mean, people often point to Biden as, you know, getting old and not being able to uh, string a fluent speech together. What was it like in terms of the address? Um, was he on the uh, did he hit the nail on the head? 
again, I mean, I thought he got what he wanted to get across and he got it across well. Joe Biden has a yes, he's he's very hard on the teleprompter. He strays off the teleprompter. In other in some ways he's the flip side of former President Trump. But he also has a way of talking that you can consider folksy, but that does connect with people. In this address, he was speaking a lot to the blue collar workers in America, those that feel left behind uh, by the way that the economy has progressed, the information economy, by the way that corporate America and, and international finance has progressed. When he talked about different proposals, different jobs, bringing the semiconductor business over to America, he was speaking to them directly. Now, whether that message hit home, still to be seen, but this was basically a campaign pitch. Um, the system is not fair. I mean, he said that, but the tax system particularly, um, which favors the rich. I mean, I know America seen as the land of opportunity and time was that if you saw a guy in a Cadillac, uh, you said to yourself, I could be him. And maybe that's not true anymore. Maybe <laughs> probably isn't true. But the whole thing was and this was an interesting thing, you know, Democrats and liberals say the tax system is not fair because the rich are not paying their fair share of taxes. Republicans and conservatives say the tax system is not fair because the rich are being, quote unquote, penalized for their success and for their wealth. So that got a big cheer on both sides, but for different reasons. But yes, it is a sore su uh, subject in the United States among the middle and working class or among the, even the upper working middle class that, you know, they're working and they seem to get more taken out of their check the harder they, they work or the more that they, they, they make. So it is a sore spot. And, and yes, it, the tax system in the United States needs to be reformed in some way, shape or form. Um, he struck a, a populist tone when he implored Congress to reward work and not wealth uh, by passing his proposals for a billionaire tax. And then talking about a new $35 cap on insulin for Medicare recipients, he said legislators should go further and extend the rule to cover all Americans. I mean, it is extraordinary that uh, people might have to beggar themselves uh, to fund insulin if they're diabetics or might even die because they can't afford it. Yeah, this was a big issue last year in the, in the previous Congress when part of his Build Back Better, the economic revival plan provided that $35 cap for some people in the United States, but not for everyone, where... Again, $35 a month, very doable. But when it gets up to $100, $200, $300 a month, not so much doable. So that is something that Republicans are pushing back on. They call it socialized medicine, and they don't want anything to do with it. And again, the, the big drug companies are lobbying the Republicans to stop anything like that. Yeah, it's a, extraordinary. You know, what is not to like about socialized medicine? Um, you know, it's something that every country in Europe depends upon for those uh, who can't afford it. And even those who can afford often enjoy uh, socialized uh, medicine. Uh, the uh, introduction of a man who lost his daughter to the opioid epidemic. Um, how did that play? Well, again, when you 
it, introducing the daughter that played well. However, when he started to talk about fentanyl coming across the medic, uh, uh, Mexican border, that's when the Republicans again started to jeer him, uh, say you're responsible for it. So that didn't play well to the Republican side, who view uh, Biden as being responsible for the influx of, of fentanyl into the country. Did he talk about the balloon? Did he talk about China? Did he talk about Russia? No, not directly. And he, he didn't talk about the balloon. It was interesting that Marjorie Taylor Greene wanted to bring a white balloon into the session. Um, but no, he talked about the danger to democracy through the world, touched upon Ukraine a bit, but no, did not directly talk about Russia or or China in any sort of specific way. Now, how is it playing? I know it's early morning in the United States, but they've had time overnight to digest what the president had to say. How is it playing in America? Well, again, it's a Rorschach test. If you are a liberal and a Democrat, if you're looking on Twitter, it's like he knocked it out of the park. This was great. He put the Republicans in his place. If you look at Republican or conservative Twitter, it's like this was a disgrace. He was rambling. He was lying. Um, so, again, if you want, if you like Biden, if you view yourself as a liberal or a Democrat, you thought it was great. If you view yourself as a Republican, a conservative, it wasn't great. They've said that he was lying and making things up. And again, they t they were saying, well, why aren't you talking about China? Why aren't you talking about immigration and uh, illegal immigration? That is what the country wants to hear from. So his appeals for bipartisan support uh, will fall on deaf ears in the Republican side. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. For the most part. <laughs> uh, all right, Terry. Look, thank you very much uh, for joining us. By the way, uh, just a, a final thing about his possible candidacy, likely candidacy for the Democratic nomination. Is that speech last night likely to still any of his critics within his own party? I think it, to a degree, yes, because he was engaging. He didn't ramble uh, more so than he usually does. And he directly took on Republicans in it. When they jeered him, he gave it right back. And I think that that feistiness and that competitiveness did ease a lot of minds. Terry, thank you very much uh, for joining us. Uh, Terry Sheridan, a news editor of WSHU Public Radio. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.